Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the wrap-up edition of the Eagle Hour, opening segment of today's show, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, our great friends and supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. A holiday weekend coming up. Great time to enjoy some Dickey's Barbecue. You can dine in. You can drive through. You can have delivered to your house. However you choose to enjoy it, just be sure you enjoy Dickey's. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Our compadre, Kelly Sander, with us on the phone. We had waited since March, uh, since Southern Miss baseball ended its season unexpectedly against Troy. We had talked. We had waited. We had anticipated the opening of football season. The stage was set. National TV audience. Biggest show in town. Southern Miss, a 14-17 to 17 point favorite over a South Alabama team that was 5-19 and in its last two years, had lost 15 straight road games, and the Golden Eagles are beaten handedly on their home field, 32-21. to A shocking start to the 2020 season. I got both the guys with me. Let's go around the horn. Luke Johnson, your thoughts about this most disappointing performance. Yeah, you just kind of run out of adjectives. Uh, nauseating, atrocious, um, pathetic. And it, it was in so many levels because it was a, a game that was supposed to bring back um, positivity to our community, to our program, to our state, and let's be honest, to the nation. I mean, this is the first FBS, FBS game. Uh, you go in as a favorite. Um, and, and I think, and we can get into this later, I was I was halfway pleased with the crowd. I mean, Golden Eagle fans were they were cheering and people were there and <sighs> Stump is a prophet. I mean, that wasn't just an egg. I mean, that was about the biggest egg at the most perfect time that you could possibly lay. I'll get into some of the more you know some of the more uh, stats here in in a little bit, but it was we lost on the field, we lost with our fan base, we lost on the recruiting trail, and we lost in the eyes of the nation. Kelly Sander, your thoughts? It's only appropriate that Dickies sponsor this first segment because we got smoked. <laughs> yes, uh, we did. <laughs> last, last night. And when you, look, when you look at that South Alabama roster, and it was noted last night, uh, that how many of those guys on the South Alabama roster are from you know, our backyard? 24. 24 kids from South Mississippi on that roster. Including Luger, who you know, played at Oak Grove High School, you know, just right up here from, from the station. Um, and this is, you know, people have argued all oh, the Sun Belt Conference. They're not as good as Conference USA. We're, we're a lot better than the Sun Belt. We got manhandled by the worst team in the Sun Belt on our home turf. And meanwhile, UAB wins last night. All right. And that, they've now set the Conference USA record for 16 consecutive home wins. Again, we got dismantled. By a team that had, that had not won as you know a road game since 2017, it's baffling, uh, disappointing is an understatement. 
and the the timing in a horrible sense was impeccable. It just I just and for a person who's supposed to be in the business of communicating, words are hard to come up with today. My thoughts are this, guys: uh, the, the our South Alabama team five and nineteen in the last two years, fifteen straight road losses. Yet they pile up over 500 yards. Let me repeat that. 500 yards of total offense against a Southern Miss defense that we are continue, continue to be told is good and improving. Meanwhile, USM can only muster 97 yards rushing on 37 attempts. That's 2.6 yards a carry. So the, the same thing we've seen the last couple of years, no running game, no ability to control the game offensively, and no ability to stop big plays, and no ability to slow down a pass offense against, with all due respect, just not a very good football team. Luke, it's just it's hard to find something at this moment to be optimistic about. Let me let me just make it even worse for you, okay? So go back to the stat you just said. 37 rushes, 95 yards, 2.6 average. A third of that came on Jack's run late in the game. So Jack had a 35-yard run. Perkins had a 15-yard run. Gore Jr. had an 11-yard run. If you take those three rushes out, the Golden Eagles rushed 34 times for 34 yards. The interior rushing game was about the absolute worst I have ever seen it. Perkins long run was it was it was a uh, it was it was a deception play. They they rolled left, they gave it back to him right. He went it, te- it was technically an interior run and then he, he bounced it outside. That was the only thing interior they did all night. Everything else that they even got, you know, 3 or 4 yards on was uh, C and D gap or outside the tackles. Everything guard center guard was swallowed up at the line of scrimmage. We were dominated on the offensive side of the ball. And when you look at that, take the Jacks did lead to a score or whatever. You take Perkins out, you take Gore out. 34 carries, 34 yards. Kelly Sander, I I could live with those kind of statistics and the things that Luke uh, has pointed out. Had we lost to Oklahoma or Alabama, but with all due respect, these sort of glaring statistics came against a team that is arguably the worst team in their league, which is not supposed to be a league even beginning to be equal with Conference USA. I, I said early in the week, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't just trying to play devil's advocate, but I thought the Jags would cover the spread. But, but I, I never would have thought that I would have seen, you know, what I saw last night. And I have to say, as an old guard, Southern Miss guy, an older dude, for, for the announcers to use the term nasty bunch. Needs to stop. It, because this, this defense has not proven that it's a nasty no, bunch. No, no, it needs not to going stop. Back, not going back to the Carmody years. And I didn't play, obviously didn't play in those years. The football landscape was different back then. But different. I mean, those guys hit you, hit you hard. They were prepared. They fly to the ball. We haven't had a defense. But just to hear the term nasty bunch almost makes my skin crawl. Kelly, Kelly, the landscape was tougher. The landscape was yeah. was much, much tougher when Luke Johnson was playing football. They, they were playing Cal and Louisville and Alabama and schools like that. We're talking about not only did we lose, we got beat on our home field by South Alabama. I just can't emphasize that enough, Luke Johnson. 
Well, okay, so let, let me just come up for air for just a minute, okay? Tim Jones had an astonishing good game. Tim Jones is a legitimate receiver. I mean, he is a six catches, 139 yards. Jack was efficient. Jack made a couple, you know, stuff down down uh, the stretch here and there. But guys, listen, you lose and you win a plus two in the turnover margin. You stop three drives. They missed the field goal, and you still lose by 11. South Alabama did not punt all night. We could not get any sort of uh, pressure on the quarterback. And let's be honest, their game plan was just throw it up and let them catch it. I mean, you look at the two. I was listening to a a beat writer for South Alabama up in the press box, and, and he made the comment, I think it was one of the first times in their history they had two receivers go for over 100 yards. Talbert, six catches, 169, two touchdowns. Wayne, six catches, 101 yards. The two areas that this team uh, had huge uh, – Southern Miss had huge issues with last year was interior blocking and defensive coverage. And guess what we did last night? We got worse up front and we got worse in the secondary. And I was going to say, the one thing that we've heard for the last two or three years, is as soon as we get deeper on the offensive line, you know, we're going to be able to do some things. That we won't have to run all the bubble screens and all those, those sorts of things. There were times last night where it looked like our linemen had roller skates on. I mean, they were they were just getting pushed, you know, back by by a team with a bunch of junior college guys. Like I said, Janarius Johnson of South Alabama played at Pearl River, um, and we also mentioned Luter, you know, from Oak Grove. He played at Pearl River. Uh, Chance Lovertich, the backup quarterback at South Al, he played at Mississippi Gulf Coast. So a lot of the guys, our, our quote unquote varsity guys, were beaten by a lot of by a lot of JUCO guys. Kelly, if you were fortunate like you and I, and we talked to our friend Chuck Abbott the same way, if you're fortunate enough to be in the media as we were during the just glorious years, the glorious years of Jim Carmody and and Jeff Bauer uh, and Bobby Collins, and and we could just go on and on about it forever, but it hurts your heart to see this, Kelly. It does, and I feel bad for the guys because, you know, they're trying. They're they're doing what they're coached to do, Um, but... Uh, and like I said, I've never coached a f- college football game in my life. And I know that'll get, that gets thrown up in our faces all the time. So how many games have you coached? Um, I haven't. But, I, again, I'm just I'm at a loss for words, Bob. Well, we'll talk about it later in the show. What bothers me the most is that there was zero fire last night. Zero energy. If you looked at the other sideline, they had everything – personality, momentum-wise, that we didn't. That's what bothers me the most. All right, coming up next, a man that knows a lot about winning, knows a lot about quarterbacking, a lot about Southern Miss football. Reggie Collier, his evaluation of the opener next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Always grateful to First Bank, our grandfather sponsor of our fine show, and we appreciate them very much. And speaking of First Bank, now that football season is back, 
This guy's been on the show a lot. It's been too long since he's been on the show, and we're going to get Reggie Collier on on a regular basis now that the football season is back. And so we're joined by the Perfect Ten from uh, from First Bank, Reggie Collier, and my friend, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Well, it's good to hear from you again, Reggie. And as I say, we talked a little bit before you came on, and uh, and uh, we're going to make sure that we get you on on a regular basis. We enjoy your analysis and uh, your observation. And uh, as a guy, Reggie, that uh, really was the quarterback during the glory years uh, here, uh, when you see something as uh, disappointing as last night, what what were your thoughts? Uh. A lot of things went through my mind. I mean, they, they really did. It, uh, good things and bad things. It was it was great to be at the stadium. Great to see the lights on. Great to see some football being played. But on the other hand, you know what happened through the, throughout the game. It, it really kind of, you really kind of saw it from the beginning that we just didn't have it. I mean, timing. Um, just everything was kind of off. And opposed to us, South Alabama was just off. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were clicking, making plays when they had to make plays, making catches when they had to make catches. And their defense was uh, pretty, pretty pretty solid, especially the defensive line. So it's just something that we couldn't overcome. We had opportunities. You had opportunities. But the key to winning and losing the game is being able to take advantage of those opportunities. You know, we we we, 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 we kept giving up these big plays. Mm-hmm. And what contributed to that, I don't know. Because I'm not I'm not on the field every day. I'm not in the meeting rooms. I'm not uh, as connected as a lot of people think I am because you virtually have to be a coach in order to, to be able to see that. But it was, uh, it was a disappointing night for Southern Miss, you know, First game of the year uh, at home, and you not being able to come out with the win is, is always disappointing. We heard all week long, uh, Reggie, how much more talent Southern Miss had than South Alabama, how much a deeper team, how much uh, of an easy game it should be. But I don't know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that doesn't mean everything, and it just appeared to me last night that the kids from South Alabama were together, were energetic, you know, we're enthusiastic, and uh, that sometimes overcomes the level of talent. Am I right? Uh, I, to a certain degree, it does. But this is the thing. Every time, I don't care what you say prior to the game, what people are saying about you prior to the game, and if you have a tendency to listen to what people say, sometimes you have a tendency to believe it. All right, But at some point, you have to line up against a guy on the other side of that line and be able to dominate him on a regular basis in order to do what you need to do, which is come out with a win. Now, you have to look at the, the programs. We've been playing football for a long time. We've had a storied history. We have people who have come through this program who played it in NFL, NFL Hall of Famers, on and on and on. And, so the, and then you have South Alabama, which is the upstart program, who are trying to get to where they want to be. They're trying to get a history with their program. And, I'm, and I guarantee you that the, the whole preseason is coaches, you know, pounding it into these guys. 
you know, how much of an underdog they are, how much, you know, what they're going into, uh, the situation that they're coming into. And they were motivated. They were ready to play. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Right. It showed. There's no doubt about that. You're right. All right, Luke. Reggie Collier. Reggie, just just uh, ask you specifically uh, one of the you know the bright spots, um, not from a statistic category, but you know, a kid like Frank Gore Jr. gets in there and uh, the play, you know, it was it was uh, controversial last night. He pitches it to to Jack. Jack gets in the end zone. I'm not asking you about you know the specific call of that, but what did that say you know about Frank Gore Jr. in that moment? That type of awareness, I, I, I felt like that was a positive moment. Uh, for us, seeing you know the, the the fact that the kid does have great genetics in him, obviously, but that was just some football IQ on that specific play. Yeah, I mean it, it was, and see that's what this game is all about: being able to react. I mean, you can sit in the classroom all day, all right. You can go over game plan all day. I mean, you can practice, but sometimes you have to get out and make things happen. Some things are not drawn up on the board. We've all seen it on time and time and occasions year after year where a kid can go out and do something that's not necessarily shown in practice. Or, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, that it just happens. Guys go out and they make plays. And when you make plays, you, you get first downs. And when you get first downs, you get touchdowns. And that's, that, that, that applies to both sides of the ball. You've got to be able to make plays. All right, sometimes you have to be able to do things that aren't necessarily drawn up on the whiteboard or on the film, and then all of a sudden you see a guy say, wow, that was a hell of a play. That's, that's what you have to do, and that's what, that's what has to be done. It doesn't have to be every play, but there are certain situations during the course of the game where someone has to make a play, whether it's your IQ, whether it's, whether it's instinctive, or just having the ability to make a play. And once you once you get that, and once you have a couple of guys who will have the ability to do that, and it doesn't have to be, you know, every series, but there are a couple of times a game. And, and we all know a game is five or six plays kind of determine the yeah. course of a game, you know. And during the course of those five or six plays, someone does something extraordinary. Someone does something yeah. that's not expected. And when you don't have that, and when you don't have a certain amount of people who can do that, it makes it difficult. And especially when other people on the other side of the ball are doing some of those things. Um, yeah. One, one thing you have to do about it, you have to, call it, you have to call it like you see it, and it is what it is. South Alabama made some extraordinary plays this, uh, last night. They did. Uh, the quarterbacks, receivers, I mean, they, they did. I think defensively, uh, collectively as a defense, they played well. And we just didn't match that. Because early on in the game, we're in the red zone six six times. Six times. And, and we, don't, we don't capitalize on that. But, you know, not to downplay um, South Alabama or anything else, but, you know, I'll put Southern Miss down, which I'm not doing at all. I'm just saying there are certain times you just have to make play. So yep. it's one thing and another thing, too, you know, the time that we're going through right now, this is – I, I can only imagine how difficult it is. 
you know, to be going through the situation uh, with the pandemic, with all the social issues that that's going on right now, and then trying to concentrate on football. That's extremely difficult. Uh, I, I can't even imagine doing anything like that. It was difficult enough when things were normal, you know, trying to go out and practice for football, prepare for football, and then again go play a game, let alone you have these huge factors looming over you as you're trying to play. And again, I'm not making an excuse for anybody. You know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, when the lights are on and you step between those lines, the objective is to dominate that person who's on the other side of that other side of the line. And when you don't dominate, you get beat. You and I both have been involved in games where uh, we felt like this uh, the morning after. Uh, moving forward, if you're if you were a teammate, what would you be telling your other teammates this morning at Southern Miss? It's over. It's over. We got ten more games. We can turn this thing into ten and one. Or nine and one, however many games we got, it's over. There's nothing you can do about what happened last night. That's done. Learn from it. Make sure it doesn't happen again. And the guys collectively have to say that. Each one of them have to sit, to sit there and look in the mirror and say, what did I do different? What could I do different that I didn't do last week? That's going to make a difference this week. Because you can sit there and I can make excuses for you. You can make excuses for you. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to look in the mirror and say to yourself, did I do everything I needed to do? Or will I do everything I need to do in order to change the course of, of when I say change the course, change it from a loss to a win. And then you can get it rolling. That's 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 one of the things you can take away from the early part of the season. You can, you can recover from it. You can recover from it. It's not the end of the world. You know, at the end of the day, it's a game. All right. Great advice from what I believe is the greatest player to ever wear the black and gold, Reggie Collier. Reggie, we look forward to having you on the show on a regular basis. Now that football season's here, always a pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour 10. Right, my man. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, everybody. Man. Reggie Collier, everybody. Now at First Bank, I don't need to tell you about Reggie Collier. Everybody knows about the Perfect Ten. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Friday, last day of the work week, getting ready for a three-day weekend for Labor Day. Hope you got some great plans. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour today. Appreciate the perfect 10, Reggie Collier, for coming on and sharing his thoughts with us, Luke and Bob, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
4th Street in Hattiesburg, just across from M.M. Roberts Stadium, across Highway 49, home of the 895 Lunch, and we greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. If you're looking for some new Golden Eagle swag, why don't you uh, go over to Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg or visit them online, campusbookmark.net. Can pick you up a new Southern Miss hat, maybe uh, a new shirt, uh, something to, uh, to cheer the Golden Eagles on this year, Campus Bookmark. .net, campus bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander uh, joins us again. And guys, just to, uh, to get a little, uh, to break this game down a little more, I, I do want to bring up in just a minute two, two, two frustrations for me. So you're going to hear team stuff. You're going to hear stuff we could have taken care of for me first. Uh, but then I, I do want to get into a couple plays. Um, you look at last night, South Alabama outgains the Eagles 529 to 409. Jack Abraham, 22 of 32, 314 yards. Uh, we did mention the fact that the Southern Miss defense got two picks, forced a, a field goal. Um, seven penalties? I, I was kind of shocked by that, Kelly. When I, when I saw that stat, it was like late in the fourth quarter. I was like, we only have seven penalties? I guess because it was like four on the first drive. But that first drive kind of set the tempo, I guess, for the rest of the night, didn't it, Kelly? I mean, just you're back, you're back, you're back, and then some of those three and outs, and you just felt like you couldn't move the ball at all. I will say this, though, too. I kind of like the way that the officials – now, look, there were obviously some suspect calls, right? None of which, you know, probably had potential in in changing the outcome of the game. However, I did like the fact that the officials were letting guys get a little bit chippy in the secondary. You know, I mean, in, in the NFL, it's like if you look at a guy, if you're covering a receiver and you look at him cross-eyed, you're going to get a flag, you know. Um, so they, they did let the guys bump and, you know, bump a little bit in the secondary, and I like that. I mean, if, unless it's a blatant, you know, way to where the guy can't catch the ball, um, that, that's the way it goes. But it did, you know, and, and I know just about every fan, if you were like me, if you were watching it at home, and, and the way that South Al marks the ball, the first thing you're saying to yourself is, hmm, I hope that's not a sign of things to come. And um, unfortunately, it was. Bob, third play of the game uh, for South Alabama. Um, you hold them, I think it's third and eight, and they hit you for 73 yards. Um, later in the game, the third quarter, uh, this was one of the calls that I wanted to talk about. They, It, it, was, it was a lateral Avery Habas falls on it for a fumble. It's called an incomplete pass. There's no intentional grounding called. And then the next play, 31-yard touchdown. There were several of those plays, and they scored later on a 52-yard pass. It was several of those games where our plays where you had people stop, you made a stop, you something didn't happen right, and the next play it just it went for touchdowns. Right, and I know you're not saying that's why Southern Miss lost the game for the, for the calls. Uh, those kind of calls are just part of the game, unfortunately. You've got to overcome them. In a close game, you might think, oh, boy, that call right there. But, you know, I've I got to tell you guys, I don't think this was a close football game. I think Alabama, South Alabama uh, just beat USM in every aspect of the game. I agree. The, those calls could have had a momentum swing. But, you know, here, here's one I knew that may be a long night. And you and I and Kelly talk about this a lot. And that's this team's, this current team's inability to stop big plays. And when in the first series, two tackles are missed on one play that allows them to score from 74 yards out, then Southern Miss gets the football and it's penalty, penalty, penalty. I think you summed it up. I think that set the tone for the entire night. And 
as odd as it sounds, I don't think Southern Miss ever recovered from that uh, those first two series of uh, of plays last night. But Luke, how how predictable was that? You know, the seventy four yard play right out of the gate. You know, you and I talk about that a lot, and sure enough, right out of the gate. They give up another big play. I thought it was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen on the third <laughs> play of the game. You know, I was like, right. "This is." You know, I kind of looked at. Uh, I had I'd mentioned something to to Patrick McGee. Patrick McGee was on yesterday when we said that, and he was sitting below me in the press box. And when that happened, we just kind of glanced at each other and you know just kind of met eyes and just said, "Yeah, we thought that was going to happen." Mm-hmm. But but Kelly. I don't, I just, I don't want to be just like total negative, horrible, you know, person today. And the reason for that is I remember when I was playing, uh, we lost to Memphis in a game we should have won. And I was walking back with my parents and I just heard fans just like dogging, dogging, dogging. And I turned around and I confronted a fan. I was like, man, I played my heart out for you. And so there were some, a few bright spots last night. There were a few kids, and I mentioned Tim Jones, I mentioned Swayze Bozeman, I mentioned Malik Shorts. What was, give me two positives, if you can, from last night. You don't go digging up stuff. If there's only one, that's fine. But but anything positive last night you saw? Yeah, for sure. I, Jack, had, Jack Abraham had a very efficient night. When you look at those statistics, you look at those numbers, not even knowing what the score of the game is, you're going to say that quarterback had a good night. The other thing is, to the one statistic, above all other statistics, is turnovers. The Eagles didn't turn the ball over, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, zero turnovers last night. So that's, that's a great thing. But that, that really just it makes it more astounding how a team that did turn it over twice won on the road and in a convincing, convincing fashion. But to, but to your point, Abraham's efficiency numbers were, were good, and the Eagles did not turn it over. Both are very, very good signs. Hmm. Well, you got to look hard for him. That's right. Kelly, I want you to tell me if this is my imagination, but I just remember, too, back thinking back to some of the great defensive teams. Number one, they tackled really hard, really effectively. But two, it seems like we just always had such defensive backfield speed that even if a, even if a running back got by the first tackle or two, it was very rare they could outrun a Southern Miss defensive backfield for 75 or 80 yards. Nine out of ten times, as I recall, they were going to get caught from behind, and there was just not going to be that kind of explosive play against the Golden Eagle defense. Is that the way you remember it, too? The other the other thing that I remember, Bob, is just when whenever you talk to opposing teams and their coaches, they'd say, look, win, lose, or draw, you know when you've played Southern Miss. Because the mash unit opens on Monday. Right. I mean, and half of your team is in there with injuries because of the way Southern Miss hit you. They, right. they knocked the clothes off of you. You know, I mean, they, they hit hard and they meant business. That, that blue collar mentality, uh, which earned them, and rightfully so, the nickname, the Nasty Bunch. I, I, we, just haven't, we just haven't seen defenses like that. And I know the game has changed a little bit, particularly offensively. Um, you know, with the spreads and the West Coast offenses and all these, you know, winding things they've come up with. But um, you, when you played Southern Miss in the old days, buddy, you better get ready to get hit. And I mean hit hard. So you had to raise your mental game to play the Eagles, too. And the South Alabamas of the football world in those days did not come into the rock and score 32 points. That just didn't happen, Kelly Sander. 
Well, they no. didn't exist. They didn't exist. They weren't even. They didn't even have a football program when. when well, you're right. The Louisville's about. didn't come here, that, Luke, and score 32 points. Right. That's the thing. We have in the last few years, we have been beat four times by teams that have been in FBS less than 15 years. Hmm. Well, and and you go back. We talk about them being in the Sun Belt. Who was the last Sun Belt team that came to Hattiesburg and beat us? It was uh, Monroe. Monroe, Louisiana Monroe. That was just what two years ago. So we we don't now we did beat Troy, who's in who's in the Sun Belt. But again, these and, but we're zero and three at home against Sun Belt teams. The so, the times so, that we beat Sun Belt teams are on the road. And so, so I'm not you know I'm believe me I'm not on the payroll for the Sun Belt. I'm just saying for anybody in Conference USA that thinks we're so much better than the Sun Belt, you might need to reassess that just right, a little bit. Right. Not that you're going to lose any sleep over it, but I'm just saying, you know, the Sun Belt teams are beating us on our on our on our field. Kelly, let's close our eyes for a minute and think back to the years when uh, before the game at the Rock, they would be playing everyone. Another one bites the dust. I think Queen maybe sang that song. Another one bites the dust, and everybody in the stadium, including the opposition, knew that there was a lot of validity to the words they were hearing right then. We can't play that right now. No, but we but we could play a song by the Beatles yesterday <laughs> when all my troubles seem so far away. I think that might be very appropriate. I think yeah. you may be right. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. All right, Kelly, I want you to let your yeah. blood pressure simmer down over the long weekend, and uh, we'll be back. Now, Kelly, I want you to sit close to your radio because coming up next, you I thought you and Luke were just uh, terribly hard on Al Holder yesterday about Al's age. Well, Al called me last night, kind of knew that was coming, and uh, he's got the, he's coming on the last segment. He's he's got some uh, words for you and Luke Johnson. See, so you stick close, Kelly Sander. Uh oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Al Holder next. segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Also, D1 and DBAT, D1 training located in Hattiesburg, DBAT instructional, softball, baseball, great instructors, great facilities. They're on board with us on the Eagle Hour. You need to be on board with them with fitness and training and instruction for your son or daughter. Check out DBAT on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. A few uh, notes, the game time for the October 24th uh, contest with Liberty, that's on the road up in Virginia, has been moved up five hours. Now it will take place at 12 noon Central Time, originally scheduled for five. First meeting between Liberty and Southern Miss now Saturday, October 24th at 5 
p.m. Uh, former Southern Miss quarterback Keon Howard named the starter at Tulane. He will make his return to the Rock uh, from Laurel High School uh, September 26th uh, when Tulane comes to the Rock. So Keon Howard, the new uh, quarterback for Tulane. And then uh, Bob mentioned a little earlier, Conference USA games this weekend. Seven games um, from tomorrow to Monday. Four of those include Conference USA teams, Eastern Kentucky at Marshall, Middle Tennessee at Army, Houston Baptist at North Texas, and Stephen Austin at UTEP. And then Monday night, not Conference USA, but a great game, BYU at Navy. All right. If you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know that Al Holder is a contributor to the Eagle Hour. And I thought yesterday, actually, that Luke and Kelly were very, very hard on Al about his age and his inability to sit up through the rest of the football game all night. So Al heard it. Al heard it. Uh, Al follows the podcast. And uh, he joins us now. Al, I understand you may have a little bit of a conversation you'd like to initiate with these two boys. Well, I got it. I got to tell you, the uh, you know uh, Kelly is the president of the Senior Center out there at Cambridge, right, and he yes, put he, he put me on their mailing list, and so I get you know just tons of mails from all this stuff, and and I I just found out this morning I missed bingo last night for to watch that game, mm-hmm. and so uh, I wish they'd get their stuff out a little earlier so I'd have an opportunity to <laughs> pick one or the other, the uh, and. <laughs> Luke was right. It was a close first half and a blowout in the second. I'm glad to see he's a great prognosticator there. Yeah, but were you a little surprised at how cruel Luke was? Kelly didn't surprise me. I'm, I'm used no, to Kelly. Yeah, but for Luke to be so yeah. vicious yesterday, came as kind of a shock to me, Al. Yeah, it did me, too. He, he, he's always always uh, just seemed like such a nice guy. It's amazing what, what comes out in people when uh, when you least expect it. You know, just <laughs> Luke, do you want to defend Fake yourself? News. Everyone out there that's listening to the Eagle Hour, this is what happens. Kelly Sander takes shots at Al Holder. Then off air, Bob talks about how Al loves this. He loves everything that Kelly says. So yesterday, Bob basically invites me to jump on Al with Kelly. So I do it because I know Al's going to love it. And now I'm the bad guy. I love you both. It's kind of like Nancy Pelosi. You were set up, Luke. That's it. My God. But she wasn't. That's the thing. No, she wasn't. Well, Al, you know that uh, Kelly does love you. And uh, Kelly, when Kelly says smart things about you all the time, you know that's when he really likes you. If he's nice to you, that's when you be real cautious of Kelly. Two minutes left, Al. Uh, Real quick, your observation of the – and Jim Stump Taylor's words: "The egg laid by the Golden Eagles last night." I, honest, it was. Uh, you know, I said, I, I just, uh, I, it was. You know, we couldn't run the football. Uh, our D backs couldn't couldn't interfere with the, their receivers. Uh, I mean, it was. Uh, they didn't have a, a a complicated game plan, and we. We, our offensive line couldn't handle their defensive line. Their defensive line, I mean, their offensive line uh, handled our defensive line. I mean, it was just a – we couldn't run the football. I mean, I, I think the, the whole thing, uh, last year and this year, is, is you know the inability to run the football. And uh, the, the, somebody's got to talk to the offensive line and, and get them to get serious about putting a hat on somebody and moving them out of the way. I mean, it's yeah. scale of one to ten. How bad a loss? Oh, it's, it's ten. 
Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to be nice and go like a 13 because it was about a let, – let's just say it was a 17 for me. That's my former number. Real quick, yeah. for people that don't know behind the scenes, Luke attacked Al even when we got him on the phone. I, I lamented about the Redskins cutting uh, Adrian Peterson today, and Luke says, well, he's older than Al. And Al replies, but I have better knees. So I don't know. I just don't know about you guys. <laughs> all right, well, can we can we all just be honest? Going into this Labor Day weekend, there's nobody older than Bob Getty. I think everyone will rally around that. <laughs> and, and my knees are not very good, as you, as you well know. Al. <laughs> all right, Al. Have a happy weekend, buddy. Yeah, y'all too. Be careful out there, Al Holder. Everybody. Quick reminder: a best of Eagle Hour. Some say that's not possible, but Luke is going to find an episode, and we're going to have that on the air Monday at 1 o'clock, and then uh, we'll be back Tuesday. And, yes, I want to answer an email that I've gotten during the show. We are going to work to start bringing some of you fans on the show, maybe as early as next week, and let you voice uh, your feelings uh, and uh, whatever you might have to say about the topic of the day. So, yes, we will work on that. That wraps it up. Hope you have a great holiday weekend. Uh, Spend that time with the people you love and take care. We'll be back Monday at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.